0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of my podcast. I am Shuman Sharma, your host. I am here with a special episode today because this time it's not just me who's speaking. We have with us a very prestigious guest who is not just a graduate of one of the best colleges, that is Shaheed Sukhdev College of Business Studies, but is also on her way to ISB, Indian School of Business, to pursue her management further. And I'm sure they'll be lucky to have her, given that fact that I know her for so long. And she is an epitome of consistency, and so many people have been inspired by her. I myself have been uh, on to my consistency. One of the biggest reasons for my consistency is her. She keeps pushing me and keeps me accountable for that as well. And I thought it best to hear about the importance of consistency and also, how one can be more consistent through her as well, basically from the horse's mouth. So, hi Kushi, how are you doing?
1: Hi Anshuman, I'm good. And first of all, like thank you for the lovely introduction. <laughs> and you know, like even I was like a bit, uh, you know, like surprised and happy by the phrases you used for me, like epitome of consistency and <laughs> prestigious guest. So, I guess it's very nice to be on the, you know, other side of the uh, conversation this time on a podcast because, like, when I, like, I, like, I, I conduct interviews for the guests for my podcast, but now it's different for, for me this time. I guess, yeah, like, it, it would be pretty amazing for me to have this conversation with you as well.
0: Oh, everything I said is true, to be honest, like, <laughs> there's nothing exaggerated in that sense. <laughs> So, Sushi, so could you tell us how, uh, what exactly consistency is to you, basically? What do you see it as? Because I see a lot of people going through this pressure of being consistent and doing, being on that path, facing resistance, dips, etc. and stumble upon it and basically fall prey to the one devil that we know that is resistance. How I, how do you manage it and how what consistency is to you?
1: Well, it's a lovely question. First of all, I would say that. And what is consistency to me? Well, consistency to me is that even on your bad days, uh, you are uh, shipping something, you are shipping a project, you are working upon. So shipping, like it's a term coined by Seth Godin. And it means that, you know, you are are creating a project and you are making it uh, public to the world right and like that's what it means to me that you know like 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 i have i had started uh writing my blogs i guess about uh one and a half years ago and uh that's when like you know i I used to write weekly uh blogs and then again that there was a time that i was you know like on weekends uh you usually like go for fun like you have a party or meet with your friends But for me, it was that time that I have to, like, I'll be having fun. But before that, I need to finish my work. Right? And that's when there was a, like, so that's a choice. So being consistent is a choice for you. You can either, you know, have, like, all the time you can have fun. Or it could be that you can have a mix of both. That you first complete your work and then you have fun. So that's what or like consistency has been for me. And uh, as for your question that, you know, people like usually stumble upon it and then, you know, they they find it hard to be consistent. So I guess that the the type of peer circle you have, the type of, you know, community you are growing in. So that also matters to you. So for example, like I have a career coach, Sora Mithal, and I guess we both like met yeah. there only, right? So that So the kind of community we had that, you know, each of our students, the peers, we are working together and then we are, uh, you know, working on different creative projects together. We are pushing each other. So having that sort of friend circle or that sort of, you know, peers in your life also matters a lot. Who keeps on pushing you, who uh, keeps a, you know, check on you, or keeps, like they keep you accountable. So that also matters. Then, so consistency i would say that it also matters on what type of you know goal you are setting for yourself right for example people usually set a big goal for themselves for example let's say people take a, a new year resolution that uh, they'll be going to uh, gym every day okay so for a person <laughs> so for a person you know that that, that uh, who does a, who hasn't been to gym before and now he, he or she is setting a goal such a big goal for them it's again uh you know gives them an opportunity to hide that it take. it's just a matter of a day that if they don't go to gym one day the next day again the resistance or the procrastination that they'll be like that would be kicking their ass and they would be lying on their bed right so what kind of small change or small habit you are you know inculcating in your life that could keep you consistent so as like james clear's book atomic habits so that actually you know helped me a lot to think about it and work on it that you should set small small habits or small goals for yourself for example it could be that i would be uh, going to the gym for two days a week let's say or say one, one day a week and you fix that day for yourself it could be monday it could be wednesday it could be saturday you have to set for yourself And then you should start going to that day every week, right? So once you decide one day, the next day it would be like, okay, like I I went for one day, why not go to the next day as well to gym? So that's how the habits, you know, like start, like that's how you inculcate habit. And then once you inculcate those habits, you become consistent in that. So I feel, yeah. So instead of, you know, making a big change, you are making small, small changes in your life in order to be consistent.
0: Compounding effect. Yeah,
1: yeah, compounding effect. Exactly. Like You know, like, instead of uh, working 10% or 20% every day, you're working 1% every day and uh, every day or every week so that you become consistent.
0: That's interesting, actually, because most people, myself included, like, uh, I've taken numerous resolutions, especially about that gym. That actually triggered me personally because for... 3 weeks i have been planning uh, since i am here in delhi i myself i was like okay when i'll go to delhi i'll start my gym there because i'll be at home i need to worry about less things than uh, when i was in bangalore so i might be able to take time off it's been 3 weeks and not a single day i had i've hit the gym i've always <laughs> waited for that perfect time okay i'll be uh, i'll wake up nicely and uh, my head won't ache even a bit i'll be in the perfect health condition Then I'll go. But that day never ceases to come. And that has always pulled me back. Even today, Sunday, I was hoping I'll get up at 5 and go. I don't know what I was thinking. Get up at 5 on a Sunday. So, (laughs) (laughs) that also hit me hard.
1: Yeah. And just like you said, you know, you were waiting for that perfect day to happen. So, again, adding on to the consistency part, that people usually think that consistency you know for, for being consistent you have to be perfect hmm. but the inherent if you see the inherent like the foundation of consistency it is that you start raw right you start raw every day until you achieve that perfection first hmm. of all there is no perfection like you can you know fine-tune your process or your art or your work whatever you're working on, every time right but let's say if, if if say you have to if you have to achieve that sort of level that sort of quality which you have in mind for that you have to have that quantity right like mm. for consistency quantity matters a lot as in you you keep on publishing things you keep on shipping projects you keep on working on your art and you know so that again like makes you uh, consistent so for example like so for daily like, even like for, like, usually I had, you know, weekly blog thing. So mm-hmm. last year I took my new year resolution that i will be publishing daily blogs. But, mm-hmm. but to take that resolution, I had that in my mind that I have been publishing weekly blogs before that. So I was, you know, sort of consistent. I had that flow and now there was a like shift in gears that, okay, now let's jump from weekly to daily thing. Right. And there have been times when I was not not in a mood to write a blog. It was, you know, because, of course, like there are some personal stuff. Then there is, you know, uh, college assignments as well. Then you have to work on your entrance exam. There's so much thing going on in your life. So keeping aside all of that, you have to, you know, sit on the chair, have that 15 minutes or 10 minutes to yourself and then, you know, work upon your thing. So, as they as say that, you know, like a bad, uh, for me, it's like a bad blog is better than no blog. Oh, right? very, very well so, put,
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, so even if you are writing just a simple line, just a single word on that uh, WordPress page, you're shipping even that one word, that's enough for you because you are done for that day, right? So, it's mm-hmm. just that you need to work, keep working on it. There would be thousands of distractions, you know, there would be, uh, thousands of things calling you, attracting you, you know, alluring you that, you know, like come to no. us, but it's it's like it you have to, you know, uh, see that, that what choice are you making at that point of time? Right. No. Sometimes. No. Yeah. So sometimes it, it's like, like, so some of my friends, you know, they tell me that you might be missing on something. You might be, you know, like missing on a college life, or you might be missing on something else, some or no. the other thing. So, Again, that sort of things you'll be getting every time from your peers, right? So it totally depends on you. Like what kind of life do you want after? Like, um, because at that time, no one might be, you know, like, connecting uh, connecting you or empathizing with the work that you are doing. But once they see the results, when they see that, oh, he or she has accomplished that thing, then they lies that, okay, like, this is something that we could have done or even we want to do. Right. So when you are on that journey when you are on that you know process and you are on that uh journey of creating something which people might be you know suspicious about or they feel that's that's not the path of uncertainty that's when you have to have that you know put your like helmet on put your mm-hmm. gear on that okay like i have to be uh, consistent so i guess that also matters that how you convince yourself in order to be consistent
0: true And that's the sort of thing that we don't always get that sort of community where people around us are pushing us and uh, they are doing their work as well, as well as motivating us to push. And that's Mm. the point where we have to be accountable for ourselves and Mm. make sure that we are stuck to what we believe in and what uh, path we are on. So, what was Mm. your motivation, like uh, shipping every single day? Was there someone in your college uh, around you who motivated you or was it your own personal motivation or was it a mix of both?
1: Well, I would say it was definitely a mix of both because like I have been, you know, very thankful to God, grateful to God that I have such, you know, parents who keep on, you know, motivating me and. So when i started the uh, when i started writing blogs so my mom was init- initially she was you know a bit uh, like uh, doubtful about it she was like okay like she has started something new let's see like how like how much it goes but then again there was a time when she told me that where is the blog for today like yeah. uh, like i used to yeah. write it every sunday so then uh, like that was a motivating factor so she even even uh, today like she you know, asked me like, "Where's the blog? Where's the podcast?" So she keeps checking up on me. Then, as for like, you know, having uh, Saurabh, like my career coach mm-hmm. in my life, so that has been a like very, uh, you know, precious thing to me. That had it not been for him, I would not have started my blogs or my podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, uh, then it would be yes, of course, you Khushi Verma. And she is also a friend of ours, like for audience Mm -hmm. who don't know, she's a blogger and she's a podcaster too. So, uh, so, you know, having such people in my life, like seeing both of you also made me, you know, like it kept me on my uh, foot that you have to, you know, be creative and then you have to be consistent. So that, so when you meet such people that, you know, sort of that, compounding effect that creativity happens and you also start you know exploring different ideas in your mind and then working them out so that was a motivating factor then I would say uh, yeah I mean uh, like these like Sora, you, Khushi Verma, my mom, my father then yeah I mean yes of course I would like to mention Like, you know, reading books such as uh, This Is Marketing by Seth Godin. Then there is The Practice uh, of Seth Godin. And then there is 4-Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss. Then there is War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. So these books, like, kept me on hook too. That whenever I feel low, I rush to these books and again, like, read one or two pages out and decide myself that, you know, uh that these like these are your mantra these are your goals and you have to like take these at the bases and then move ahead in your life so that has been motivating factor for me as well
0: that's really nice to hear these books uh, i hardly find anyone who like has a reading habit especially books of such quality and such threshold so how has your life, uh, th- uh, considering uh, seeing you like this, seeing you? I've known you for the past uh, two years, and I've yeah. known the best parts of Kushi. So she's the consistent part, the creative, creative side. How was uh, your? How were you before uh, you started all this? Do you see a change in these? And what sort of a change do you see in this when you started this, and now that you see yourself, and when you were before this? Because many of us, I believe, are stuck in that side with two years before you. And what can they expect out of it?
1: Well, that's an interesting question, actually. And yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question for the audience as well. Because people usually see the, you know, the after out, like they see the output, right? But like they want to know like what's the input. So before, so I started these things in college. I was in second year. Yeah, so before that, like even in my school days, I was a total, you know, uh, bookworm. It's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Oh, it's a great thing. Yeah, yeah. But again, it was, I was totally into, you know, academics, like extracurriculars was not a part of my life at that time, right? Like, uh, so I used to somewhere I feel that, you know, I might not be creative or I might not be, uh, you know, a leader, or I might not be something, I was not able to explore my potential in my school time, personally speaking. And, you know, even when I came to college, so there was always this, you know, like a rush or that, you know, uh, a traditional mindset that you have to, you know, take part in so many college, like competitions, you have to build your CV, you have to have that, you know, achievement section, you have to work on various, you know, internships. So I was a bit lost at that time. Like, you know, like, who am I? And that was a very stressful time for me personally. Like, my self-image was very low at that time. And, you know, I, I felt that I, like, being in this college was an achievement. But then again, when I, so that was a phase that got over very quickly for me. Right. Then seeing other kids and, you know, seeing them achieving so many things that they have taken part in so many competitions and then they're winning it. And I was the one who was not like competition was not, a you know, like uh, that dopamine rush for mm-hmm. me, I would say that, you know, I was not interested in that. Then internship was again a big task for me, like how to find a good one. So that was a whole period that was a bit traumatic for me as well. But when I, like, met Saurabh and then he, you know, like, told me that you have to work on yourself, like, again, that uh, three, three Idiots movie by mm-hmm. uh, Hirani Ji, so that, that was, like, it for me then. I was like, okay, like, I have to work on myself, I have to work on building my career portfolio, like, who am I, like, you know, how to find my individuality, so... Even when, you know, Saurabh took career designing sessions, when he took those mastermind sessions that, you know, working on your career goals, setting weekly, you know, goals for yourself and then working upon it. So I was, again, feeling resistance, procrastination at that time, that what would be the purpose of it? Like I I was doing that there was a coach on my head. So I had to do Mm -hmm. like that. Yes, why not? Like I have joined him. So why not? Yes, I have to work on it. So that was a bit resistance at that time. But slowly and steadily when I like, you know, published my first blog and then there came the second blog, then again, like I started uh, publishing my podcast. So that was when there was a change for me that sort of happened that, okay, like my peers started to know that, okay, like she, she publishes blogs, like she publishes podcast. Right. So then people saw a bit creative side of me. And even I saw that. So personally, that was a, you know, a big change for me, especially for blog part. I would like to mention this to the audience as well, that in my my school days, whenever the English exam uh, took place, so I was very, very afraid of the writing skills, right? Mm. And I was like, I took help of my mom. She used to uh, narrate me the letter, the letter part, the essay, the story writing part. And then I used to, you know, narrate the uh, whole answer. That okay, if this is the question, I would write like this. So that was this, like English used to be the scariest exam for me instead of mathematics or accountancy. I would say. So, but when I started writing those blogs now, so that was that I I started expressing myself. So before that, I did not express myself. So that that change was through expressing myself expressing what's inside me and then you know uh, uh, like making it public to the world so that was something that sort of change happened that okay this is something I can take it up as a hobby or I can take it up as a you know vocation for oh. myself not hobby but vocation so hobby is that it may change over time and vocation is something which you keep on uh, generating out of the world. This is something which cannot be taken from you. So this is the definition, uh, given by Elizabeth Gilbert. She is the author of Eat Pray Love, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. so this was one of the TED Talks I listened to. That's when I like came to know the difference between both of them, a hobby and vocation. So coming back to the point, uh, that that's when that you know like shift happened, and then having you know seeing you publishing your poetry and then seeing Khushi Varma being consistent with her blogs. So that, that creativity also happened that, okay, like when I joined your cohort, your poetry cohort, so that was the, you know, big uh, game changer for me. Like even I was surprised that, okay, like how can I write a poetry? But you taught so well, like you, you know, like gave us that safe space to bring out our own thoughts. So For a person who is, you know, trying to explore their creativity or who want to work on creative projects, I would say they have to, you know, leave the peer pressure aside as in the bad peer pressure. So there's a good peer pressure as in the community where people push each other towards, you know, achieving the next goal they have. And there's bad peer pressure that totally, you know, like influence you towards Hmm. procrastination or resistance. So I would say run after good community, good peer pressure. Pressure is the like, I would say not, like it's a, a, like the connotation might be bad here, but it's like who keep on, you know, keep push, you on hook. Motivation. Yeah, a push. Yeah, motivation. So uh, finding that sort of people in your life matters a lot. And then I would say that that change has also helped me find the right kind of people in my life. Like uh, there are, times when you you get to know you realize that okay these sort of people or these sort of you know activities that i've been doing in my life are not good for me for example uh you know like so coming on and off on instagram for me has been like a big task for me so there is like when i feel that you know like it's like it's the like time i I won't i do not have to get distracted or i do not have to you know like i have to stay focused on my path so i like sometimes i deactivate instagram or sometimes you know i go go off for a certain period of time so i guess that again you know uh, i guess would be uh, can be a like you know a coping mechanism for different people that if they want to be consistent but yeah i mean now when i see myself i'm like really proud of the path you know i have uh, chartered for myself that as a person who used to feel she is not creative and then as a person you know who is consistently blogging or podcasting so I feel it has been a great uh, journey for me and that self-image has definitely you know uh, gone up and then uh, one thing I would like to mention to the audience also is that just start reading this book by Seth Godin it's uh, The Practice so This book, you know, actually told me that creativity is a skill. It's not a, uh, you know, it's not a talent. So with consistent shipping of creative projects or which you want to, you know, tell to other people, you which you want to help people out with your creative work. So that is how you build your creativity, right? So it's through consistency. It's through trusting yourself. It's through, you know, seeing the pattern of the creative leaders that have charted out their path, that are, you know, doing amazing. So if you see so this it's not a fixed recipe, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. I felt that it could be that if you have to build your individuality, so there would be a certain path, you follow these, these, these steps, and you will you'll achieve that thing. But again, these two years have been a ride of uncertainty for me. Then I did not know what the outcome might be. I did not know that, you know, uh, what the end result might be. But then again, once I had accomplished that thing, once I had shipped that project, then I came to know that, okay, like this is how it works. Right? So for anybody who is, you know, trying to uh, explore their creative side, I would say that just, you know, like uh, go for it and see how it works out. You have to give that, time to yourself that okay even if it does not work out you learn something new right that's the that like once you uh sort of inculcated i think you have won uh half battle for yourself
0: that's pretty interesting point that uh, creativity and these things that we ship out it's not talent it's a skill and that's where i think most people they get stuck they okay what do we do then if consistency is one thing then what do we exactly ship then they feel a lot of things like imposter syndrome, what if our stuff is not good enough and even if they start on something I personally have experienced this as well and many people I believe have experienced this and along the way they lose track of that and they just stop it and then it's they just miss out one day then it's two days of missing three days and before you know it you're just in that pit okay what have I done then you just look back over your all the stuff that you have shipped, and then you just feel the regret for uh, for giving up on it. Have you ever faced uh, something like this, a dip where you have uh, where a consistency has been broken, then you have managed to pull yourself together again? How does one cope up with that if they have lost a consistency of a streak? Basically, if a streak gets broken, how does one come back?
1: Uh. Yeah, I mean, I remember a time. So it was again, like when I was, it actually happened last year. So I just started like publishing daily blogs. And uh, so uh, there was like, I had written 100th blog for that year, Mm -hmm. right? My 100th blog and I was very happy at that time, right? And the next day, I don't know what happened, but I totally forgot to publish my blog and it was around like it was i guess 1 hour late like it was around 1 am the next day mm-hmm. like the day i forgot the writing a blog it was next day at 1 am i was just trying to sleep and immediately it struck me that oh shit i i have <laughs> forgotten to write a blog and, and it totally broke my streak streak sorry so there was so that kind of you know pushed me hard and i was so pissed off at that time that you know, you have you had that streak and now it's suddenly broken. Like for people, it's like they maintain Snapchat streaks. For me, it was <laughs> like I I had like broken my blog streaks. So it was a big thing for me. So then but what what came to my mind was that okay, uh it doesn't matter. Okay, it it is done. Uh nobody's going to notice, don't worry. Uh just just okay. write a blog and publish it. So that and then 1 a.m. around, I wrote a blog, whatever that came to my mind. I guess it was regarding the streak thing only. So I wrote that it's okay, like, even if you um, have you know, uh, bro- broken your streak, it's okay to start back. So, for people, as you said, that you know, that dip hits hard, right? So, there's a there's a book by Seth Godin also, The Dip, where he says that it you know, it's a leaning curve for you, like, it's when you start shipping things. there's a certain high you feel, right? You start seeing things good for yourself, you're exploring your creative side, then you're working towards your career goals, you're working towards your growth, you're learning something new, right? Uh That's an upward push. Then suddenly, when you start seeing that, okay, you might not be getting enough results, or there might not be, you know, likes, comments, or uh, followers for yourself, then that's how that curve starts, you know, going down. And that the bottom the bottom point of that curve is where the dip happens and people usually you know they break at that dip hmm. so uh, had it been that i i had not known this concept had it been that i i would have you know like uh, stopped posting my blogs so what what uh, people should know is that whenever they are fe- facing that uh, dip whenever they are facing that they are not getting results, they're still pushing, but they're not getting the results. That's where they need to, you know, uh, be attentive that, okay, now the curve is actually going to go up. I just have to, you know, uh, like keep shipping my stuff. I just have to, you know, work on my process, work on my creative process and the curve will definitely go up. Like, and that's how the learning curve also happens, right? For example, you're learning a new math concept, let's say algebraic equations And initially, you will learn something new. You will start solving two or three problems and you will start getting the answers. But as soon as the difficulty level starts increasing, you do not, uh, you know, like you do not get the answer. You feel disheartened, right? But if you start, if you work on those difficult problems, if you keep looking at the question, if you keep on looking like how I can solve it, then that, that, that learning curve starts going up. You okay. see how the questions work. You see how, a like this is how I I I need to use the logic or I need to use a formula. You start seeing the questions, right? That's how everything in life works, right? Hmm. Like first the learning curve would go down. Like first it would go up and then there would be a time it would go down and then finally it would go up. So for people, the answer is that when you are facing that dip, just be consistent. just stay where you are. Just keep focusing on publishing the next thing on publishing the next day, publishing the next week, whatever you are working with your project and don't worry if you forget something okay like it's you are a human sometimes we stop we we like it could be any personal reason it could be anything you did not publish at that time. Hmm. But then again you have to be on your feet the next day. If you if you yeah. forgot it by mistake, it's okay. But deliberately, you it's better that it, deliberately you don't you know uh, procrastinate things because if you do that, once you step into the world of procrastination or resistance, as Stephen Pressfield says in his book War of Art, so then you are totally gone. That then you it would be very difficult to pull yourself back, right, from yeah. that uh, from that thing. So I would say that yes, like dip has happened for me. and But then again, that one thing that has totally motivated me is that a bad project is better than no project, right? So 1% working 1% every day is still better instead of working 0% any day, right? And yeah, so I would say that like, okay, dip happens. It happens with everyone, but that dip happens because you're learning something new. Had it been you had been, you know, uh, watching web series or TV or you know, watching scrolling uh, YouTube or Instagram, <laughs> that dip does not happen then, right? Because if they're not some, doing something, pro- yeah, that's just procrastination, you're not doing something uh, productive unless and until, of course, you are a uh, you know, you are an influencer, you're an Instagram influencer mm-hmm. until you are you know doing that work, you are if you are a total consumer. At that time, you are just, you know, consuming things that you're not pushing out something productive out to the world or for yourself. Then, of course, that, that dip won't happen. And I guess dip is, a you know, a good learning point for people that focus on things that actually gives you dip, that gives you that le- uh, learning curve, that, you know, uh, lean curve for yourself to learn and to grow. Very well put.
0: So, The book you suggested, The Dip, it actually talks about the whole process of uh, what a person goes through in that dip and uh, in that phase. So how does one come up with that? How to get over it and how to just come back on the back wagon? So, yeah, The Dip, uh, that's actually that I personally think was one of my most important and favorite questions because I myself have faced that and still am. And when you reminded me of my own poetry cohort and everything, it just brought, brought a wave of nostalgia. And yeah, it actually feels like one because it's been a very long time since I myself have posted any poems or even articles. And I used to be consistent as well. And that actually makes sense to pull yourself together and deliberately, there have been times where I've deliberately skipped, but. And it is difficult to bring myself back. So I guess that's what we need to do. We need to keep ourselves accountable as well. And yeah, I believe that book is really important The to understand what exactly one person goes through and to know that it's not just you who's in that phase. It's not Mm. just you who has suffered through it. There are many people out there. That's why a book has been uh, created around that.
1: Yeah. And yeah so that that's how the uh, the creative process like asad godin says works right that uh, when when you are working something uh, which is you know productive or which is growth oriented and which could which could actually give you that you know uh, positive uh, dopamine rush uh, you will always face that uh, resistance right you will always have that voice in your head uh, that this is not for you or you are, you know, you are a fraud, you are an imposter, who are you to do this? Who right. are you to, you know, uh, raise your hand and uh, say that uh, I'll be the one who will be leading this project or I'll be the one who will actually, you know, reach out to people and solve their problems, right? So that that's the whole point of uh, this process, that you will have that uncertainty, you, you will have that, uh, you know, uh, like the opposite uh, force uh working as a barrier for you. But then again, you have to have that, you know, uh, choice that have that, uh, make that uh, decision deliberately that if you are like, you have to go for it or not, right? Like even when you are not making a choice, you're still making a choice, right? Ah. So, so th- that's how like, Uh, so since like you you, you used to write uh, poetry daily, right? And uh, so, but then again, that situation uh, comes in and then you you might not be able to write poetry daily, right? So now, like I being your accountability partner, I would like to say that you have to publish Mm -hmm. poetry today and send the link to me that you have published that and for the audience as well it would be you know very beneficial for you if you find that one partner if you find that one person who can keep you in check and at the same time you can keep them in check because it becomes lonely for you when when you are in that dip so it it's sometimes you know you feel lonely that i am like am i a fool here like I, what am i even doing am i doing something mm-hmm. wrong but then again you if you have that accountability partner who can support you and who can you know, sit on your head and ask uh, for that work like a boss in your office. So it becomes easier to go through that phase, right? True. So yeah. So Anshuman, you have to uh, send me <laughs> poetry to today. That's a that's a task for you now.
0: I just felt a tinge of fear, <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's good because that's when your status quo changes. And again, accountability yeah. department. That's really important and also i guess of you i guess not many people are lucky to have someone like you as an accountability partner moreover there is a, i think you there's a part of you that knows that even if you don't have an accountability partner there's a part of you that knows okay if you skip that day it will not be beneficial for you and you will miss out on something you will feel regret the next day but hmm. it's always better to hear from someone else as well you just need that Sometimes you need to hear yeah. it from someone else. Even though you know that thing. And yeah. that is where uh, the push factor comes in. The good push that you talked about, I guess.
1: Yeah. And we can also, you know, like uh, consciously, sometimes what happens is you have that sort of peer group where you easily find an accountability partner for yourself. Like hmm. like I found you. I found Kushi Verma. That okay, you are in my, you were in my community at Passionately Curious. So I was like easily able to find it. But Mm. for people who are not able to find one in their life, they can scout for it. So I would say that, you know, the people they are inspired, uh, they're inspired from, or the personalities in their life, it could be of, of their age, it could be an elder to them, someone elder to them. So they can use them as an accountability partner, or they could, you know. So one way is that you can also build your Community by actively engaging in you know the workshops that interests you. So there you could find people who are similar to you have that you know uh, similar thinking towards you know uh, have, have they have that growth mindset or they their vibe matches with you hmm. right. So you, you can participate in that or you could you know simply on LinkedIn you can simply you know send a coffee chat invitation to people. We're just, you know, getting to know each other, getting to, uh, you know, know what the other person does. Then you can set up as a, you know, uh, an environment. You can create a space for yourself where you maybe, you know, meet uh, weekly, uh, have a, week, a weekly Zoom chat or, uh, and you get to discuss your goals, like what's the goal for the next week? And then you you have that, you you create that accountability consciously. So there is this uh, app Groove, so it's a community where people, you know, come together, they sit for an hour and they finish their projects, right? So that again, that's a, so having that, you know, uh, app where you can meet such, you know, different sorts of people like that, they have that productivity mindset. So that also uh, uh, helps you to uh, have an accountability or partner for yourself. So it totally, you know, again, it all comes down to you. Like, how are you taking your uh, next step? And it's not that you have to, you know, take a big step. You It could be a small step. It could be a small uh, initiative from your side. Because once you start doing that small, small steps, you know, you, sh- you then start thinking that, okay, what's next? Like, what next uh, small step or what? Ne- what's the next uh, thing I can do for myself that would, make me one step closer towards my goal or towards finishing my project. So it's it's I would say like it's not a sprint, it's mm. a marathon. Right?
0: Keyword being small step.
1: Yes. So you have to start uh doing that thing and consciously building yourself, building your confidence, consciously, you know, uh finding out people who you feel that who can keep you on hook. And at the same time, you can help them to you know, uh, achieve uh, their goals. So that's the mutual like benefit. That's the, uh, yeah. So like that's how the you know the whole system works.
0: Makes sense. And also the books that you suggested, *Dip*, uh, *War of Art*. These are, these are the one. These are really helpful when a person is all by themselves as well, and. The person you look up to, of course, like Steven Pressfield, these people are their legends when it comes to consistency and Mm. creating something and shipping something, basically creating value for their audience. To learn Mm. from them, from their journey, what all they faced, it's because we are just at the beginning and they are at a level much higher than ours, us.
1: Yeah, yeah. And even if you can't find an accountability partner, right? Like since you took these names, Tim Ferriss, then there's Steven Pressfield, Seth Gordon. So they would have also, you know, uh, like found difficulty in their life in the beginning. For example, I know for Steven Pressfield that he uh, found very difficult to, you know, have that um, have that success for him in the beginning. But he used to write it consistently, he used to write books consistently, right? Hmm. So, even if you are not finding an accountability partner, you can simply, you know, like uh, listen to podcasts or listen to such audiobooks or read such books who can, you know, keep you on hook, right? Uh, and get motivated by them and, you know, like start uh, working. Uh, conscious, oh. you have to make that conscious effort on your part. That okay, if, if there is no, if there is nobody uh, you can find that can help you, so you are there for yourself, right? And ultimately, you have to build your trust. You have to build that confidence for yourself that I will stand up and you know I will work and I am working. So you have to have that uh like self uh effort as well. I would say, yeah, I mean yeah, like, you have to have that, you know, uh, like, if there's if there's nobody in this world for you, you have to be there for yourself.
0: True. Very true. Yeah. And that actually uh, brings me to uh, ask what, uh, you mentioned uh, people facing an imposter syndrome. Okay, this is something that I'm doing. What if uh, there are so many people who are doing it? I myself faced that as well when it came to poetry, shipping, poems. Also, hmm. uh, a section of in my website is uh, this Harvard Business Review. So what I do in that is I'm a re- I, I really uh, I'm an enthusiast when it comes to business magazines and especially the HBR, and I mm. go through it. So I was uh, when I started that I was looking forward to input my understanding of the magazines of the articles that I uh, read in Harvard Business Reviews magazines, and I thought mm. it would be good for other people to know a few things from that, not the whole book itself, obviously, and not word mm. to word. So, I felt like I'm an imposter as well, So, because HBR is of oh, HBR is HBR, and I am mm, yeah. posting my understanding and other inputs from that as well. Also poems, there are a lot of people who write poetry. What makes me different, and why should I bother? That's mm. where it helped me to my main agenda was that okay i'll be shipping blogs and i'll be creating an asset of my own and also Hmm. people who are my audience will be benefited from it what about Hmm. others who feel such an imposter syndrome how could they get over it
1: okay so uh well i would say first of all if the person before like answering this question that if they are facing imposter syndrome i would say that If people find something as an excuse, like a lot of people might be doing it. I am no different, right? How, if, what, what, what different am I doing? For example, there are a lot of entrepreneurs who is, who are working in tech space, right? Who are working, let's say, at tech space. So if, if there is by and there is, you know, an academy, a lot of tech startups. Now, if another tech startup comes in, they might be facing imposter syndrome that what different are we providing to the people? Right, or it could be that who am I, you know, to uh, educate people oh. or uh, you know, who are students. So that's the imposter syndrome that person feels usually uh, when they are on to something, you know, new or when they're on to something invent, when they're on to something new invention or onto some discovery or onto something they haven't done before. Oh. Right, for example, publishing poetry daily was like imposter syndrome for you right or maybe like uh, publishing the HPR part like you said posting your learnings in the form of blogs so that was again something which you haven't done before hadn't done before oh. and now since you were doing it so you could be like feeling like a fra- fraud that who am i to do this right who am i to raise my hand and say that i'll be the one creating value for the people so one thing you have to understand is that it's a part of the creative process it's a part and parcel of life that whenever you are on to something growth oriented or productivity or where you have taken initiative where you are not in your comfort space or your safe space where the path is already laid out for you where you have been you know spoon fed or you have that certainty all in front of you you'll never face imposter syndrome for example. Uh let's say that uh if you if you have you know three or four steps laid out for you, that these are the four steps, and you will have you'll you will score hundred marks in mathematics exam uh if you follow these four steps, right? So there is no so like uncertainty here, right? You'll be like, okay, I know the uh you know the recipe or I know how it would turn out, so you'll never feel a fraud there. However, when you work on creative projects it could be starting out your own youtube channel or your blog or your podcast or you're working as a instagram influencer where there is no certain path that you will be you know successful or not or where the people would actually find value in your art or will you feel like it could be for a painter that he might feel uh you know he or she might feel that their art might not sell right? So that, that's the imposter syndrome they'll be facing. But what matters is that you create that project, you po- to make it public to the world, you do your best to make that art work, you, you know, create value for the people where they see that if this person does not exist, I won't be finding any other, you know, alternative to this person. So hmm. that's how you, you know, uh, overcome imposter syndrome. It's it's not like overcoming. I would say it's embracing hmm. uh, imposter okay. syndrome as in you have to embrace that you are a fraud. Okay. It's okay. not a fraud as in uh, manipulating someone or like taking advantage of them. It's like you are an imposter as in you, uh, you just have to, uh, you know, like keep working on the project you are doing. Because there always be that opposite force of resistance telling you that you are not the person, you are not worth it, right? So Basically it's like just to embr- shut the
0: other the other force. Yeah,
1: yeah. So you have yeah. So you have to, uh, you know, embrace that imposter syndrome, and it keeps on uh, you know coming to you back to back, like again and again. It could be that the CEOs of firms might be facing, you know, imposter mm-hmm. syndrome. That who am I to take this big decision, right? There's always that thing. But that comes when you are actually doing something good in your life, something productive in your life. Had you been again, like coming back to my point, had you been scrolling uh, your phone or had you been, you know, working on something which is which is non-priority for you at that time and which is not directly related towards your uh, career goal or towards your growth. Yeah. So that time you won't feel an imposter syndrome, right? Hmm. So it's just that that accepted that yes you might be fraud okay it's it, it's fine for me but then again i am here to be in service of the other people i'm working for them i'm not working for myself so let it be like so you have to leave the you know output aside. as in you have to focus on your input whatever uh, thing what's whatever the best that can come out of you you have to keep working it, you have to keep, you know, publishing it and just forget about the outcome, I would say. That's the, like, that's the, uh, I would say, again, a point that adds to the imposter syndrome that if you, if you feel that you are not bringing out any value or you so you feel that I'm an imposter, I'm a fraud, I'm, I'm not the person who can, you know, actually create something good for the people. So you, so you have to have that, you know, uh, decision-making in your, uh, you have to have that uh, 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 decision-making that make that decision in your head that, so this is how like uh, Seth Coden told about in his book, The Practice, that a good decision-maker is who who does not take a, a decision based on what might be the outcome, who takes a decision seeing that, okay, these are the expected payoffs I can get. And I feel this is the best decision I can make right now. So you're not seeing... Because outcome is uncertain, right? There is no guarantee how that thing might work out. And that's, again, the imposter syndrome also happens. That if you're launching your product in the market, or you are, you know, taking a workshop where you can provide... You can teach uh, something new to the people, you will be having that imposter syndrome because you don't know how that turn out, what the response might be from the public. Because... Again, that's a big task to actually, you know, putting a brave face in front of the mm-hmm. world, raising okay. your hand, and saying that I am here to provide value to you. So, if you want to be a part of my journey, come on, like, like, let, let, like, like, let's, like, let's, uh, join me in this, in in this journey, right? So, you have to have that, uh, I would say, uh, a mechanism in your mind that whenever you hear that voice saying that you are not worth it. Take it as a rebellious force that, okay, like now I'll show you how, what I can do, right? You have to have that counter effect, Mm -hmm. counter argument in your mind. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a constant battle. It like, it's, it has been for me as well, that whenever I'm reaching out to people for my podcast to, you know, to interview them on my podcast industry inside out. So, uh, again that i i'm like who am i to interview that person who am yeah. i to yeah. you know ask them about their journey or experience but what again like another question that comes in my mind is that if i won't do it if i won't interview such people ask them who can actually you know provide valuable insights from their journey who else would do it so you can ask this question that if i won't do it then who will right because yeah so initially it might be that you feel that a lot of several other people are you know are in the same field they're also doing this but there is always a differentiating factor for each and every person you just have to find what type of you know let's say audience you are catering to how you can create uh, the best value for them what those people you know believe in or what they want to find uh, new things what they want to know about what, what's the exploring factor for them? So once you see that, then again, you start, you know, working on working in service of them, yeah. right? So then again, that imposter syndrome, I would say, you know, uh, starts like go on a like uh, low point, I would say that, that that starts going down and you like, you know, uh, see that, okay, like now I'll show you what I can do. So so you have to, you know, I would Constant say pump battle. up yourself. Right. Yeah, exactly. So one thing I would like to mention is that, uh, so if have if you have seen Anil Kapoor, so he, you know, usually keeps a hand on his chin. I I had seen this in many interviews mm-hmm. and uh, TV interviews and uh, talk shows that he he tells him he what he does is whenever he you know has to pump himself up. What he does is that he keeps a hand uh, on under his chin,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: he he uh, he just uh, moves his hand under his chin, and he says like, "Come on, Anil, come on, you can do this. Come on, Anil, come on." So you ha- he, he oh, you know wow. <laughs> has yeah so he has that you know, uh, pumped up self-created mechanism for himself. So even when I'm feeling you know uh, worried or if I'm feeling that whether I can do this or not. So, I usually, so I had, you know, applied that uh, part of him in my life actually. That I keep a hand under my chin. I start, you know, uh, rubbing my chin with my hand and just say, come on, Gushi, come on, you can do it. Yeah, 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 you can do it. So so that sort of, you know, pumps me up. And then I like uh, have that happy uh, face. And then I just go ahead with the thing I'm working upon. So, one can also like, very
0: interesting. Keep yourself pumped up. that one yeah that one trigger just to shoot yourself up and that's really important that's really interesting to find out like that's something that i never thought of that's actually very helpful just keep (laughs) something just something personal to yourself okay that what you do it would ignite you i think i remember something i used to do that i used to do that with my ring i remember Okay. So I used to just twist it and three times, hmm. three, four times, and I was like, okay, I just used to just some subconscious thing. Yeah, wouldn't make sense to anyone, but yeah, like just just to pump yourself up.
1: Yeah, so that's the thing you, Like that's your private, uh, I would say, mechanism, pumping mechanism hmm. that, uh, th- that could be different for everybody. Uh, True. right, the their pumping mechanism. So you could also say that you know uh like I say this to myself, you are the come on you are you are the best come on Kushi what what are you even doing? come on like that that's the sort of you know uh pump <laughs> mechanism <laughs> I uh have for myself and yeah I mean thanks to Anil Kapoor like I got to know this from you
0: oh, I do believe many people would agree to it. but you believe for yourself yeah. <laughs> 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 I feel like a lot of people look up to you whenever I we uh, we friends and all if we talk about it we just remember you as the consistent one who's never wavered anything and you've been actually an impri- uh, an inspiration to like so many of us and I just I believe this would be really helpful to my audience as well coming from the horse's mouth and
1: <laughs> yeah thank you so much Anshuman sure.
0: what would you have to say as a summary to our audience uh, if you like to just uh put in two, three lines and how could they just an impact as in what could they do today itself if they have to start? I know I have to do a poem today.
1: Hmm. So, yes, you have yeah,
0: to. I will. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, summing it up, I would say that first thing that they can actually, you know, do it is that they can, you know, create a list of things that has been, you know, uh, in their mind for so long that this is something they really want to work upon, right? Uh, And then once they have that list created, out of that, select one particular thing that's really personal to them, that's really, you know, something which they really, really wish to work upon. And then write out a few action steps that what's the smallest thing they can do to achieve that. For example, it could be if someone's, let's say if someone's goal is to, uh, let's say, work at uh, Google. Uh-huh. Okay, so that's, so that's something that's uh, like pumps up somebody, someone. So what they can do is they can, you know, reach out to the people at Google, like not for a job, but instead, let's say for a coffee chat or to ask uh, something like about their work, know their journey and experience and then they could start working so that's the that's the pattern you are setting for yourself as in oh, okay, this is the this is the sort of you know life build, journey people had
0: build a curiosity
1: yeah, yeah build a curiosity and what actually worked what actually the work they do then it could be then you can start you know like publishing blogs or articles searching what various google products google services taking one as a you know, as a stance where they can explain something unexplored to the people. It could be one feature or one uh, technicality which makes, you know, Google services or Google's product interesting. They can do that. So it's like whatever you are trying to do, just search about it. Then actively, you know, work as in uh, take a small step to ship something out to the world. It could be a blog. It could be a podcast. It could be a YouTube channel right and and then third step would be that do it the next day again or it could be do it the next week again so set that goal for yourself that what's that one day you will be keep that shipping day for yourself fix that shipping day what would be that day and by that day you have to ship something out it could be half done it could be you have written you know two or three lines about that thing but just do that because once you start you know keep your keeping yourself on hook you will be uh, you know by the time by the ne- by the time the next the next week comes you will be like okay i have to be i have to ship something out i can't do that every time so that again you know that guilt takes over and that could be a po- that acts as a positive guilt for yourself. you actually you know uh, ship something which you haven't you know thought that you could do that Oh. right so it could be like creating a list of things selecting one thing out of it and then writing out small steps on how you can achieve it right another thing I would say is that uh, I would say never like disclose your such creative projects uh, to the people oh. uh, I would say because initially because that's a part of uncertainty which you are embracing yourself currently right and You can disclose it to the trusted people, as in which you think that can motivate you, keep you accountable. Disclose it to them, but don't disclose it out to the world first. Because, again, because once that, you know, that uh, criticism comes, you'll again go back to your Mm. uh, shell, right? So, so that, so that, like, keep it to yourself and just start working on it. Unless and until you have shipped it out to the world, don't disclose it. And yeah, just keep working on it. Uh,
0: I've made this I mistake just... with Jim.
1: Yeah, actually, <laughs> because yeah, so sometimes it is that you, once you make it public to the world, for some people it usually act as a positive. Uh, Others will for try example, to pull you down. Yeah, yeah. So there, were, so you have if if you have that capacity to you know accept that criticism. We're mm. at initial stage. We are just beginning, and then you are facing that criticism. So if you have that capacity, of course, you can go for it. But if you know that you will break easily, it's better that to keep it to yourself and keep just working at it and ship it to the world and just uh, like come out of your shell, shell, ship your work and go uh, back to, you know, like working on it. So you have to have that conscious, uh, make a conscious effort on your part to see what kind of people you are interacting with what kind of uh, people you can actually talk to and know about their journey experience. So last thing I would like to say is that whichever field you want to go in, whichever, you know, career you want to build, uh, build your career in. So like, even I am on that exploration uh, phase right now. So even I am, you know, actively reaching out to people, knowing about their journey, how they have, you know, like um, uh, explored uh, their uncertainties or how they have come across their career so talking to people helps you a lot you get to know a lot and you build your network also right you uh, meeting with different people will get to know a lot of possibilities that what what else you can what else uh, you can do in your life right and another thing like would be that just start now like mm-hmm. there is no next day there is no you know next week and uh every time like so time just passes by right and uh, right. it's up to you whether you have to you know have that something that so just think about it in this terms that if you are leave if you are going to leave this world leave it something better for the people they remember you and something that remains permanent that even if you go People have that thing that whenever they review your work, whenever they see your work, they'll always get motivated by it, or they'll they'll find value in your art. So very it's cool. very difficult, yeah. yeah. So it's very difficult to you know, uh, achieve that thing. But again, you'll have to have that make that small steps. It could be changing your habits, could be or changing your reading habits, could be <laughs> changing your, yeah. uh, daily, you know, uh. Yeah, it could be any sort of habits. You have to have that conscious effort, And yeah, like start reading books, I would say. Like these hmm. books has particularly helped me a lot. So like audience, like get to it. Like just start reading them. Or You'll get to know a lot. And yeah, I mean, would actually, uh, you know, uh, you'll actually explore a different side of the world. You'll see that endless possibilities that exist out there. And yeah, I mean, go for it. And just be yourself and just stay too, true to your core. Find your individuality. Don't don't be you know like uh, pressured by everyone else. Like you, it's not a rat race. You you if you have to. So there was a line in this I remember uh, in this movie. It was by Imtiaz Ali Khan. I don't remember the name of the movie. It was like Deepika Padukone and Ranbir Kapoor. Tamasha, yes. Tamasha. So Tamasha, yeah. So
0: Tamasha
1: was the movie in, in this series. In this, Ranveer had said that it's not a, like, if you have to win in a race, it should be the race of your own choice, oh, yes. right? True. Yeah, so it's like that for you. So, find such, you know, good movies, good <laughs> books, good audibles that keeps you motivated, builds your creative confidence and yeah, I mean, go for it.
0: That's actually pretty motivating uh part where you said that it's start today and there's no perfect time, there's no perfect moment. And Time passes and what would people remember you by? That's that's actually very motivating. Like it reminded me of Gully Boy's uh that line where they said, <laughs> although it was funny, far- <laughs> but but it's true. Like yeah. people will remember you with that. And yeah, yeah, starting today itself, right now, that's there's no perfect time. And yes, it changes your status. That's it changes your identity. You go from someone who wants to do something to someone who does something.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: That was actually an amazing session, Kushi, and to have it with you, it was pretty interesting and really helpful to my audience, especially, and to me personally as well. Today, I'll write a poem as well and get back at the wagon. I really appreciate you being with us today, and I'm sure that our audience will be impacted greatly with this session. Yeah, thank
1: you so much, Anshman, for
0: inviting me. Thank you so much, Kushi, for being here. Yeah. Thank you, guys. I hope you have a nice day ahead and change your status as soon as. Thank you, guys. See you.